0: My dad is an astronaut or he was before he retired. And part of that meant that he was a payload specialist, meaning he was in charge of the scientific experiments they were gonna take to space. And he was scheduled to go on a mission um, uh, when I was about 11 or 12. And right before the mission, he came down with cancer and it was uh, really terrible, already metastasized, Attacking all of his internal organs, he was in the hospital for a really long time. Um, they tried chemo, they tried radiation. They ended up having to do a self-bone marrow transplant in order to keep him alive, which was good. And when he had it, he was the only person who'd ever had it um, that severely and survived. So they were working really hard because like we don't we don't even know if we can fix this, but we're going to try it. And they eventually got him healed, which is good. And he's still. In remission to this day, Touchwood. But part of him getting really sick meant that he was going to miss his space flight on the space shuttle. And NASA decided that he was worth more to them as a scientist than he was as a scientific experiment. And so they said that he wasn't allowed to fly anymore. And one of the results of that is that they had to find a replacement astronaut. And the way the program works is that every astronaut has. A replacement who does all of the same training and goes through all the same processes, but they know they're sort of on the back burner unless something happens to one of the main astronauts. And my dad's replacement was a Belgian guy. And he was, I think, the first Belgian astronaut, maybe even to this day, the only Belgian astronaut. But it was my dad getting sick that enabled him to go on the space shuttle, which made him the first Belgian in space. So when I got home, or when my dad got home from the launch, and all of the astronauts were off doing their thing, the king and queen of Belgium invited my parents and the rest of the um, crew to come visit Belgium and have like a royal tour. And It was like sort of a royal science tour. Like they went and visited all of the cool scientific things that they thought astronauts would be interested in seeing. But my parents uh, had a 12-year-old daughter and the 12-year-old daughter was not invited. <laughs> and so uh, my parents ran off to Belgium and they dumped me with one of their friends so I could still go to school all the time. And... Um, be fed at night and when they came home they told me about all of the wonderful things they did in Belgium and all the like chocolate they ate and all of the things they got to see and all the people they got to meet including apparently a very handsome 13 year old Belgian prince who uh, had horses (laughs) and so as a 12 year old girl who was horse crazy it was like the most tormentive thing my parents could have possibly told me when they came home from Europe.
1: So, in an alternate universe, we have the Princess of Belgium on our show right
2: now. Welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 220. My name is Mike Anello, and joining me today is co host Ryan Price. How are you, Ryan?
1: Doing very well. Uh, lots of lots of awesome, good things have happened since uh, the last time I talked to you.
2: Your family is growing once again.
1: My family is growing. By the end of this year, we will be a foursome.
2: It's going to be awesome. And your wife will be outnumbered. <laughs> a little bit. Um, so real quick, I want to ask your um, reveal video thing. Uh, describe that real quick in one sentence for anybody who didn't see it.
1: Uh, We had our housemate fill up water guns with paint and we shot each other with these water guns and we put it on to Facebook Live because a lot of our friends and family don't live anywhere near Oregon. So we wanted them to be able to see it. And then at the end, they dumped a bucket of paint on my head, ice bucket challenge style. It was pretty much straight out of the ground, which... On an 80-degree day, is there's a big difference there.
2: <laughs> Very good. Well, congratulations to you and Mariah. Yeah, thanks. And our guest today, our returning guest, last on, and I think, Jen, you've been on more than just this one time, but last time you were on, I believe, is uh, Podcast 168. I didn't write down the date, but that's the number. So welcome back, Jen Lampton. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks.
2: Um, we're going to talk about Backdrop today, so... Hold tight for that. Before we do that, I'm um, gonna tell you a little bit about Jen, um, co-founder of Backdrop CMS, which you can find at backdropcms.org. Also senior Drupal developer at generation.com. That's generation with a J. Um, and used to be with chapter three.
0: Yeah, I worked with chapter three for five years. Um, and I think I left almost five years ago now.
2: Right, so you can you, you 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 know you're mainly like a contractor through generation or consultant. I'm not sure which which adjective or noun. Um, just real quick, what percentage of your time would you say that you are working on backdrop versus uh, client work?
0: So that's a hard question because I now have the majority of my client work is also on backdrop, um, and the way I structure my contracts, uh, my clients pay for development work on the software itself, whether that's um, contrib modules, creating new modules, working on core bugs, all that stuff. So that's all kind of built into my workflow in the same way it was with Drupal. Um, I do donate one day a week uh, where I don't do any client work at all. So on Thursdays is Backdrop Day and I get to work on um, core stuff or BackdropCMS.org stuff or whatever it is that's needed um at that given time without having to worry about client work. And most of my clients know that they can't schedule meetings on Thursdays. If there's an urgent ticket, it probably doesn't get done until Friday. Um but yeah, in, in terms of my client work, I'm probably about 75% backdrop, 25% Drupal at this point. So mostly backdrop stuff, which is great.
2: Yeah I'm looking forward to talking to you about this because I think we are Entering an interesting period of time here where the Drupal 7 end of life is kind of on the horizon. Well, it's not kind of, it is on the horizon. And I think people are going to have to start making some decisions. Um, and, I, and I'd like to talk to you about that in a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsor. Uh, they just renewed with us, so they will be with us for a bunch of more podcasts. I don't think that was proper English, but you know what I mean. MyDropWizard.com. They provide uh, basic maintenance plans for Drupal 6, 7, and 8 sites. So if you uh, own a site or if you are an agency and you uh, have to manage a bunch of sites and maintain a bunch of sites and you kind of want to offload that work, uh, MyDropWizard will make sure that your sites stay up-to-date and secure um, without you having to really get involved. Um, involve, singular. No, involve present tense, not past tense. Anyway, uh Drupal 7 is coming to an end of life in November 2021, and MyDropWizard will provide extended support for Drupal 7 sites past end of life in November of 2021. So if you have a Drupal 7 site that may not be moved to Drupal 8 or Backdrop or something else by November 2021, um, you definitely probably want to talk to the folks at MyDropWizard.com to see if that is something that they can help you out with in keeping your site up and running and secure. Um, Plans start at 99 bucks a month. So definitely check them out at mydropwizard.com. All right, Ryan, you wanna get us started? Yeah, so um, you
1: know, maybe for people who hadn't heard of Backdrop, Jen, do you wanna give us like the elevator pitch?
0: Sure, so Backdrop is the Drupal fork Um, it is essentially a fork of Drupal 7. So uh, if you think of what Drupal 7 used to be, um, you know, if you were going to install it today, and if you think of what would have happened if all of the dated things had been replaced by modern things, that's what you get with Backdrop.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely, you know, understand as somebody who I get to, I get to kind of like put my feet in both Drupal 7 and Drupal 8 these days. There's... There's still a lot of, you know, sites that exist on Drupal 7, even if a lot of the sort of like community focus has shifted to Drupal 8 or to JavaScript-based sites or something like that. Um, There's so much Drupal 7 in the world. It's it's kind of amazing.
0: And part of that's just because Drupal 7 was an amazing, powerful tool, right? And so a whole bunch of people used it and built great things with it. And so now, as it's aging, there's a bunch of people who need to figure out what they're going to do with their perfectly good Drupal 7 sites uh, in the future.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one, one thing that I really like just about Backdrop is the, the communication around it, I feel like, is much more accessible. So, like, I could go to Backdrop, you know, website as I am right now, click on the roadmap link. And I can look and go like, oh, you can uh, update the core from inside the interface. That sounds awesome.
0: And part of that is um, because we have a, a stated audience. Our audience is not developers necessarily. Our audience is just people, people who have websites and need to take care of them. And so where Drupal was very oriented towards being a framework intended for developers to use to build great things backdrop is it has to be a standalone product on its own so we can't rely on um, people using git or using command light tools like drush all of our features have to have user interfaces so that the majority of people using backdrop can take advantage of them
1: yeah that's that's pretty awesome and and that's definitely the comment um, that I was hoping to hit on is that yeah the the communication is great. Um, it seems like there's also been some other really fun stuff, maybe even just in the last year, that um, there's, you know, some new new fun features. There, are there anything really specific that you'd like to call out that, you know, you feels like kind of a big win for the project?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that I think really make my life as a developer much easier than it, it was when I was working with Drupal. Um, One of them is the configuration management system. We essentially took a really early version of the configuration management uh, system that went into Drupal 8 and put it into Backdrop. And then we refactored it a little bit to match the needs of our audience. So it's very similar to what Drupal 8 has, but developed with specific um, alignment towards our uh, principles and values instead. Um, so that's something that, as a developer, it's so easy to make a configuration change and commit it to Git and deploy it to production and synchronize production and just have that be um, you know, a really quick part of the deployment process, which is really great. Um, another thing I really like about Backdrop is the layout system. You might be aware that in Drupal, my favorite module was the panels module. <laughs> the layout system in Backdrop is a port of the panels API with an entirely new user interface on top of it. So uh, it lets you control every part of the page, including the header and the footer. It lets you place um, blocks into regions, lets you define new templates with new regions if you want. It's context-aware, so you can place individual fields on a specific type of content. Um, It solves sort of all of the big pain points of how do you just make a landing page in Drupal. and it's, it's in core, so everyone gets it out of the box, which is really nice. Um, there's also a handful of usability improvements that I really like. Um, so this is one of my big um, efforts in Drupal. I was on the usability team. We did a bunch of testing. We identified a bunch of problems. And uh, half of them, maybe more than half, I don't know, a bunch of them have been fixed, but not all of them. It's the kind of thing where if you look at the system with an eye towards usability, you can find mm-hmm. a hundred more at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just having that focus and attention to detail and backdrop, knowing that this is a tool for end users and we have to make it as clean and as usable as possible. Um, we've got a whole bunch of people who are really great about helping identify those problems, helping fix those problems. Um, They also are often the easiest problems to fix because it's a change in terminology or making a link look like a button, Um, the kinds of stuff that you don't have to know that much about all of the internal systems in order to accomplish. So we end up getting a bunch of new contributors who are just bothered by a button on a page and they find that they can fix that. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really nice to kind of scratch your own itch and get all of the usability issues. Um, all the ones you can anyway, <laughs> fixed, which is fun.
2: Now, I'm going to pile on with the uh, configuration system, which is, it, it's like a simplified version of what Drupal 8 has now. And John, correct me if I'm wrong, but the configuration is written directly to the file system. Um, there is no you know syncing between the database and the file system it's when you change a configuration in backdrop it writes to the file system so if you want to change a configuration in backdrop you can just make a commit on your local and push it up and it's done there's no button to press and that's um, i think it was probably in one of the backdrop presentations that i saw or maybe it was a blog post or something but that the reason that that's possible in backdrop is because I think it was mainly a performance-based decision, right? Like there's,
0: yeah, I mean the the reason it's possible in backdrop is because our files are written in JSON and JSON has native parsing in PHP, so it's seventy five times faster than using YAML. And so when you have read writes that fast available to you, you can do stuff like read and write directly off the file system. But if there's going to be a latency in there in processing those files, you need that database cache, because now the database is going to be faster than reading and writing from the file system directly. So in Backdrop, we don't have the problem of the files being read and written slowly, so we don't need the database cache layer. Um, There is actually a fork of Backdrop called Silkscreen, where the maintainer of that project has included uh, database caching as an option for um, your configuration storage. And that is mainly to uh, allow Backdrop to be shared across multiple web servers, where reading and writing off a file system gets really hard because you have to now synch- synchronize across multiple servers. But if you already have um, a, a shared database with multiple web servers, it's much easier to handle that. So. Silkscreen is essentially the um, uh, high-performance fork of Backdrop. So if you want all of the features that are in Backdrop, but you want it for a more complex system, you might want Silkscreen. Um, it also includes our, you know, database abstraction, where Backdrop only supports MySQL. Um, he's maintaining all the database abstraction stuff, so if you need to run Backdrop on something other than MySQL, that's a good thing to use. So it's really interesting. Silkscreen yeah. is like our press flow, where Back when Drupal was not intended for that particular audience, there was a press flow that brought it there. Um, And most of the things that were in press flow have now been moved into Drupal itself. Whereas with Backdrop, we've got principles and guidelines that say that we don't want that stuff in core. So we have a press flow again, where all of that stuff can live um, in silkscreen and and give people those same tools.
2: I think I just learned two things in what, well... Probably more than two things, but two things I'm going to mention uh, in what you just said. The 75%... 75 times or 75% faster? Um, 75 times faster. That's
1: insanity. It's because it's compiled, compiled code versus PHP code.
0: Native support versus needing to add a PHP extension in order to manage it. And um, there was also some other reasons, like JSON is a language that most web developers are already familiar with, where YAML is still kind of new. I mean, people are catching up. They're learning about it quickly. But it's just the kind of thing where, like you say, it's JSON, any Joe Schmo web developer will be like, OK, I can work with that. Whereas if you say it's YAML, they'll be like, hold on. Let me Google that first. Um, So our principles also say we have to cater to the largest audience, like what's most commonly understood, rather than doing like the coolest, hottest thing, which it tends to be what Drupal does. So, just kind of looking at all of the decisions that were made for Drupal, making the same decision for backdrop, but then saying, how are we going to do this in a way that's more in line with what we want to provide rather than with what Drupal is providing? So, we make the same decisions and go the same way. We're just going to end up with Drupal 8, which is, <laughs> we've already got that product. We don't need another one of those.
2: All right. I mean, the second thing I learned is there is a fork of backdrop, backdrop focused on performance. That's, that's really interesting
0: it's not necessarily focused on performance it, it's like a um it's focused on uh like it's probably significantly slower than backdrop which is why i don't want to say it's focused on performance but it's focused on the needs of the high end like multiple web servers is not a common use case for backdrop sites but you need that if you're going to have it in you know an environment where I mean, maybe scalability would be a better
2: All right. So tell us about uh, the mini camp, the Backdrop CMS mini camp camp that just happened.
0: Yeah. So Backdrop had its first camp last week. Um, For the past few years, we have been doing Backdrop summits as part of existing camps where we basically take one day either at the beginning or the end of the camp and have a day devoted to talking about Backdrop. Um, uh, Tim Erickson, who's one of the organizers of the Twin Cities Drupal camp, really wanted to do a mini camp for Backdrop as part of the Drupal camp in Minneapolis. Um, and when we were talking about, you know, what would make a mini camp different from a um, summit, the idea was just to open session submissions to the general public in the same way that a camp does and then select the ones that we thought were gonna be most valuable to our attendees. Um, we ended up having a couple a handful of people come in from out of state to attend that summit uh, specifically, because they were interested in, or the mini camp specifically, because because they were interested in backdrop, uh, which was really great. We had you know someone from Florida and someone from Texas, um, and yeah, that was pretty exciting. But the session submissions ended up coming mostly from people who were either already familiar with giving talks on backdrop, like myself and uh, Nate, but also and from the local Twin Cities community. So we had. Two people there give a session that was like a show and tell on the the sites that they'd done. We had one person do a session on um, upgrading from a, Drup- a Drupal site to a Backdrop site. Uh, so it sort of ended up feeling a little bit more like a summit, <laughs> like a mini camp, um, just because all of the it, it wasn't quite as as I don't know as campy as we thought it would be. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a great first venture into having our own camp just to see like what the um, what the uh, desire for such an event would be. We also got a lot of feedback from people elsewhere around the country where they wanted to attend, but that particular week wasn't good for them, or maybe the distance was too far to travel. So I think we're, we're getting a feel for the fact that there, are, there is a community here that is gonna be served by an event like this, uh, but we're gonna try and start doing them more places and perhaps more often. So maybe we'll do this at um, Bad Camp again this fall. Um, that's still in planning stages, but yeah, it, it went really well.
2: So do you find, are there like geographic hotspots where folks are using Backdrop more than other places?
0: Um, I would like to be able to say I know that for sure, but we don't actually have a lot of um, geodata on people. Uh, I know there's a handful of people in the San Francisco Bay Area that are using and uh, very involved in Backdrop. Uh, we have four members of the project management committee who live here. Um, a couple of them are uh, work at nonprofit focused organizations, and I don't know if there are more of those in the Bay Area. Or there's just like more tech here in general, which might make it seem like there's more of those here. Um, but I know there's a lot of people here that are using backdrop, which is great. I'm um, no, there's a handful of people in twin cities which are using backdrop just because the camp organizers were able to gather them all into the same room which is great um and i suspect that there are um other hot spots around the world that we're not as aware of we are starting to get a little bit of a feel from our translation website based on how many people want backdrop translated into different languages at least the user interface side of it kind of gives us a perspective on um you know, are there more people who speak French than there are people who speak Spanish? Right now, it looks like there are, <laughs> just based on the amount of contributions we're having to trans- French translations, the amount of requests we're having for them. Um, but yeah, it is it is interesting to kind of watch the uh, community grow in different parts of the world.
1: So, um, you know, one question that I think some people are going to have, if they're considering, you know, have a Drupal 7 site, It has a, you know, a timestamp on it now and they're looking, you know, approximately two years in the future. What are they going to be doing two years from now? I would, I would say for those people, you know, backdrop is probably going to be on their list of considerations, or maybe after they listen to this podcast, it will. So what are some considerations that people might want to make if they're, you know, they want to put backdrop in the running, I guess, let's say. Um, what are some of the, the points that someone might make for making a backdrop?
0: Yeah, the, the biggest difference between choosing backdrop and choosing Drupal 8 would be thinking about like where you want to go in the future, right? Because these two projects are on different paths. They're going different places. Um, if you are perfectly happy with your Drupal 7 site, you think it's fine as it is, and you just want it to keep doing the thing it's doing, um, moving to Backdrop might be preferable to you because number one, it's going to be a lot more affordable. But number two, it's going to keep adding and growing in features without needing um, uh, a change in the way that you're thinking about solving these problems. Without needing to, um, I don't know, move to something different. On the other hand, if you're if you're thinking like, okay, well, you know, two years from now, my organization is going to be um, in a position where its website is only going to be a very small piece of a larger system where maybe it's going to have automatic SMS messaging or it's going to have um, e-commerce systems or it's going to have, I don't know, all of these different tools and uh, your web is just a piece of that and you want it to feed data into some of these things remotely. Maybe you want it to be headless so that you can write some other application to manage what it looks like. That might be the kind of thing where you go, Drupal 8 is a great match for where I'm going with my business and my web needs. And so that would be where you should go. Um, Backdrop is not working on doing anything headless in core. That doesn't mean it won't happen in Contrib. We've already got people who are asking for JSON API (laughs) similar. Um, Backdrop has a upgrade path. So unlike Drupal 8, which has a migration path, uh, it's kind of worth mentioning the difference there. Uh, Migration means that you have to build a new site first. And then you figure out how to get your data from your old site in its old format into a new site in its new format. Um, Backdrop is going to have a button that you push where you're like upgrade my site and it'll just convert all of its um, you know, configuration database tables to configuration files, stuff like that.
1: Well, and not, not to mention that that migration path from Drupal 8 can sometimes mean if you have custom code, you will have to sometimes laboriously rewrite it Oh, and then when we're rewriting it, well, we're going to realize that we want to re-architect some things, and then we want to move some stuff around, and we have to build a brand new theme, and we have to do, you know, all these other things, and then, oh, well, why don't we just get some WordPress instead? I, I have heard that many, many times.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think there is a use case for people who want a new website, right? It's been 10 years since they built their Drupal 7 site, maybe. Um, and their company is doing something completely different than it did then. Their information is you know, no longer organized in a way that makes sense for what they're doing. And so maybe those people need a new website. And so it makes sense to build something new from scratch and then take the data that they care about from their Drupal 7 site and move it into their Drupal 8 site. If that's your goal, a completely new thing with completely new architecture, it doesn't matter what platform you use. It's going to be the same, whether you build it a new site on backdrop or a new site on Drupal 7 or a new site on Drupal 8 or a new site in WordPress, um, you're gonna build the thing and then you're gonna pull in data. And so moving to Drupal 8 it makes sense. Um, but if you don't if you don't want any changes to your site, if you're just stuck because you're at the end of life and you need to do something, um, moving to backdrop might be a good choice for you because it's um, it, you know it's the same software you're already running. It's essentially the same kind of code. Your custom code will work Um, if not exactly, with very minimal changes to it. Um, And it'll be familiar to you, like in terms of not only the user interface and the code, but just architecture patterns are all similar too. So I think, um, you know, there's a reason we have both Drupal 8 and Backdrop is because both are going to be needed. Um, In the work that I do, I do a lot of work for small businesses, higher education, government, and they often build something once and then it's fine. And they don't They don't like upgrading because it's a cost where they don't see any benefit. Um, And so uh, the whole point of Backdrop is to try and eliminate that long-term ownership cost where we're hoping Backdrop is already going to be cheaper to maintain than Drupal 7 site. The upgrade from Drupal 7 to Backdrop is going to be the hardest upgrade you're ever going to have to do. It's currently less painful than the upgrade was from Drupal 5 to Drupal 6, and that's going to be the worst. From now on, it's going to be... Hopefully, just removing deprecated stuff in the same way Drupal eight to Drupal nine will be. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where if you're tired of paying for upgrade costs, hopefully, and without needing any change to change to your site, hopefully, this will be uh, a good solution for that long term.
2: The one thing I would add to all that is, and it's I guess it's kind of a coincidence that you know who our sponsor is, but. I think there's a lot of folks who have Drupal 7 sites that just need them to stay running. Yep. Yeah. That don't have plans to expand them. You know, maybe they get new content added, but, you know, maybe, maybe they don't have the budget or it's a site that eventually is going to be out of date and no longer need. And they just need to have that site stay running. And that, that would be, in my opinion, a good use case for someone, you know, to, to hire the services of, of, of mydropwizard.com.
0: I would say that's probably the majority of Drupal 7 sites out there are probably fine as they are. Um, Ones that are under active development in terms of adding new features, those are the ones that are going to feel the crunch of the end of life. Um, We're sort of seeing that in Contrib, where even though the majority of websites are still on Drupal 7, the majority of development is not on Drupal 7 anymore. So if you're running a Drupal 7 site and you need help with the Contrib module, you're probably not going to get it um at least not in the contrib queue on drupal.org um and so those are the people who are like okay i need to expand what my site can do but i can't do that in drupal 7 anymore because there's not a lot of activity going on for drupal 7 stuff um those are the people that probably wouldn't be a great fit for long-term support because they're going to need more than just support they're going to need active development um and those are the people who might want to choose backdrop instead because we have backdrop versions of all of these modules that are getting um, updates and new features and all that stuff added.
2: Yeah. I think there's a real opportunity for backdrop here um, to kind of position itself in between the, you know, those two extremes. The one extreme where we just need the site to stay running and we need the site to continue to furiously grow and be re-architected. Um, I think there's a significant percentage of sites in the middle there that um, could probably benefit from something like Backdrop, assuming that the, you know, the upgrade path from their particular, you know, Drupal 7 configuration and their contributed modules and their theme can easily be upgraded. Or do we call it upgraded to Backdrop? Side graded to Backdrop? I'm not sure what the...
0: Cross graded yeah i like to call it i like to call it upgraded just because um you use the you know the update script like people call that right. upgrading in drupal and then yeah. in you know moving to drupal 8 you don't call that upgrading anymore you call that migrating so just using that word that people are familiar with where backdrop doesn't upgrade in the same way that drupal 6 to drupal 7 didn't upgrade
2: yeah but it, it, you have to be careful because that cuts both ways right because it, some upgrades can be very easy like upgrading a, a, a a module from 7.3, 7.3.4, 7.3.5. Well,
0: that's
2: an update. An update. Great. <laughs>
0: right. All these true. words, they're very complicated.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to write myself like a little uh, list of. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like I was saying, I, I just, I think there's a real nice opportunity for um, folks to discover what Backdrop, not only what it is, but what it can do. And um, I mean, That might be a way to, you know, increase the size of your community is to demo, like, here's a Drupal 7 site with these 47 modules enabled. And here's what it would take or here's what it takes to move that to Backdrop.
0: Yeah. And we have so we got a live video recording of an upgrade that was done at the Backdrop mini camp. Uh, as a presentation last week, which is good. Um, And I think that's going to be our focus, too. Uh, We have an open issue in the PMC right now that's sort of asking all of the people who are in charge of Backdrop's direction, what do you think is the most important thing for Backdrop to be working on right now? And there are a handful of people in that issue who all think that making that upgrade process as easy as possible should be our primary focus between now and Drupal 7's end of life. So if you look at the kinds of features that are scheduled to go into Backdrop Core between now and then, it's stuff like um, getting entity reference in there, getting uh, fieldable files in there, just all of the things that the majority of Drupal 7 sites have decided this is the solution they want. We need to have a solution comparable in Core with an upgrade path in Core. Um, There's also been a huge momentum around documenting Uh, the 62 Drupal contrib modules that have moved into core in particular around what is the upgrade path? If you're running this module on a Drupal seven site, because there are things like token and path auto that have just been merged into like system and path module. And then there are things like email field and date field that are just exactly the same as they were in contrib. They're just plunked into the core directory. Um, And so just, we know that as being backdrop users, but people who are evaluating the upgrade path need to understand Um, those little differences. And so what we're working on right now on backdropcms.org is a place where you can type in the name of your module and it'll be like, here's your upgrade instructions for that individual module. And sometimes it'll be like, turn it off. And sometimes it'll be just leave it alone. It'll be fine. Um, And sometimes it'll be, you know, double check that the configurations that you have in Drupal 7 match the ones you have in Backdrop because, you know, maybe nobody's tested that upgrade yet. We need you to tell us if it's not working properly.
2: Right. So do you have a feel for Um, I mean you probably do, uh, but of the top 100 um, most used contributed modules for Drupal 7, are they all available?
0: There is a page on BackdropCMS.org. If you go under the support section to developer notes, there's a section in there called upgrading from Drupal 7, and there's a page titled Top 100 Drupal Modules. That shows the status of um, where those projects are, and right now there are nine of those that have not yet been started. Um, most of them are. Um, if you look at the the graphics or the the graphic there, it's pretty telling. Where most of the top, uh, I don't know, fifty are in core because that's sort of, you know, what we're trying to create with Backdrop is something where the core is something that most people need to use. And then if you look at the the next, like the last fifty, those are mostly in contrib. Um, So the ones that we don't have, uh, we don't have a copy of field collection yet, we do have both paragraphs and multi-field. So we're working on an upgrade path from field collection to paragraph. So there's stuff like that where we might not have that module, but we have something comparable. Also, um, Superfish is a drop-down menu solution. We already have a responsive drop-down menu in Core, so you don't need that module in Backdrop. Um, but again, if you're like upgrading a Drupal 7 site, there's probably going to be configurations you had for your Superfish module that you'll have to redo using the built-in Core Backdrop solution. So there's stuff like that where you know we want to document all of this for anyone who's thinking about an upgrade. But we do have um, you know, this page is one of them being like, hey, we're mostly there. Um, we're trying to trying to make as much of this information as available to everyone.
2: Yeah, I think if if you're doing anything other than long-term support, like a long-term Drupal 7 support plan, um, you're going to have to go through that process no matter what you're going to move to. If you're going to move to Backdrop, if you're going to move to Drupal 8, if you're going to move to something else, you're going to have to kind of match the modules you're currently using with wherever you're going.
1: And and if you are doing long-term support, then you may have to deal with the realities that your site does not work on a really large number of devices, <laughs> because if your site was built in the early days of Drupal 7, it may not be responsive or may not be very well responsive. It may not be very accessible if that ends up becoming more important to your organization or if you work at a certain kinds of institutions that you know people are are fond of calling out for that, um, that'll be you know fun for you. So it feels like you know you can't you can't ignore your website forever. Uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna have to uh, have some attention paid to it at some point, and you know one of the questions I think that you got to ask is is what. What do you want to do about it, right?
0: But I, I think that's also a good a good thing to ask, though, is that um, you know maybe it can't be that way forever, but your organization might have a better idea of when than the line set in the sand yep. by Drupal for its end of life, right? If you know five mm-hmm. years from now you have a something coming up where you're going to need to do a rebrand, you might want to choose to do long term support for th- you know three years after. Drupal 7's end of life. And then at that point, make a decision about whether you want to migrate or upgrade to something else. So it's also like thinking of long-term support doesn't, you don't have to think of that forever, right? That just might buy you enough time to be able to make the right decision for your organization.
1: So Jen, can I ask you a couple of rapid fire nuts and bolts questions? Yes. The you know, development of Backdrop happens on GitHub. What what do you what do you do if you're a contributed module and you're wanting to get listed on Backdrop?
0: Um, so Backdrop has a group called Backdrop Contrib on GitHub where all of our contributed modules are managed. Um, things that work a little differently in Backdrop than they do in Drupal, and that the entire um, community of maintainers has access to the entire. Collection of modules, and we just use a policy not to commit to other people's modules if you don't have permission, if you're not a maintainer. Um, And so uh, we also have a security team that has commit access to everything, and we have a bug squad that has commit access to everything. Um, So if you want your Drupal module to be on Backdrop, you can create a repository in the Contrib group or create. A repository in your personal account and request access to the contributor group if you don't have it yet um, and then you can uh, make whatever whatever changes are necessary between the Drupal version and the backdrop of the module um, usually that is a change to that info file letting your um, letting backdrop know your module or work on it and then beyond that it will depend based on the module um, there is a bunch of functions that used to start with Drupal when they're in Drupal. They now start with Backdrop, but they're in Backdrop. We recommend any uh, release of your module for the Backdrop community have those functions renamed. But if they aren't, they will still work as long as the site you're running has the Drupal compatibility layer enabled. Um, And then once you're done making whatever changes like that, you can push your code up to your Backdrop repository. You have to add a tag. And you have to create a release on GitHub. And as soon as the release is crea- created on GitHub, there is a packaging script that will notify the Backdrop CMS.org website that your module exists, and it'll create a node and list it along with all of the other ones um, and give people a link to download that release that you've published.
1: There you go. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's less complicated than like, get, having to set up an NPM account or something like that
0: right right we just tried to leverage the tools that people who are familiar with github already knew um we think that you know being on github has been a big benefit to us just because it's github and people are motivated to learn github even though it's weird just because it's github And so if we can just sort of do things the way GitHub wants them to be done and integrate our tools with the way GitHub handles it, it makes the whole thing easier. So having someone who's maintaining code only have to interact with GitHub, and our tools interact with GitHub as well, seems to be um, have been a big win for us.
1: Yeah, so um, in, in Drupal land, we have the Drupal Association. You know, there's this nonprofit that can sort of like steward certain activities in the community. Is there a good equivalent for... Backdrop?
0: Yes, we are a member project of the Software Freedom Conservancy. Um, This can also be found on our About page on BackdropCMS.org. And the Conservancy is a parent organization that handles our legal and fiscal matters. They're specifically dedicated to working on free open source software, but also uh, are particularly interested in supporting the GPL. So we're there with a bunch of other projects that you might have heard of, like Homebrew and Git and a bunch of big ones. Um, and uh, we're going to be using them to handle all of our uh, uh, governmental things that, so we can sort of stay focused on the, the code.
1: Uh, and then, like, you know, if I'm interested in supporting the project, maybe what are a few of those ways? And if I don't have any free time, but maybe I have a couple of dollars, where should I send them?
0: sure so um, under our about section we have a page on our website called contributing or contribute which will uh indicate a bunch of different ways that you can support backdrop if you have dollars um, there's a donate button which will send your money to the conservancy but you're marked for backdrop um you can also choose to buy a t-shirt or a hoodie which will sort of be a conversation starter where you can help tell your friends and family about what backdrop is if you're a coder There's some instructions there on how to maintain the contributed projects. Um, If you're a designer, we really want more involvement from designers, both working on core, working on our projects, working on contrib projects. Um, We've got a a list of issues specifically for them. Uh, If you're a content creator, we also have it set up so that anyone can write a blog post for BackdropCMS.org. They get reviewed every Thursday and scheduled accordingly we also have a forum if you want to just talk to people about backdrop if you have questions or big ideas you want to run over people so you can um, join forum.backdropcms.org and then there's a bunch of other stuff too like if you want to get involved in core um, uh, there's some links on there for that we have a newsletter you can sign up for if you're interested in that and then every thursday we have two meetings Um, one of them is a weekly developer meeting where we're just checking in on active core tasks and then the other one we alternate One week, uh, each every two weeks we alternate between uh, talking about community outreach and talking about design and user experience. Um, So there's lots of different ways you can get involved, whether it's just watching the meetings or um, joining the meetings or chatting on forums um, or writing code.
2: Awesome. That's fantastic. All right. Let's, um, I want to make sure we, well, I'm going to try to stay under an hour. So let me run through some Drupal easy news uh, real quick, and then we'll ask Jen our five questions, which are hopefully, I'm pretty sure they're all different than the last time you were here, Jen. Um, Real quick, though, Drupal Career Online, our 12-week best practice-focused Drupal 8 training program begins August 26th. It's three half days a week, all online. Uh, We use Zoom. Um, Live instructor, it's me basically talking and... uh, Um, interacting with students, sharing each other's screens, and kind of going through um, uh, various lessons. We cover not just Drupal 8, but all um, the whole stack of uh, basic developer workflows. So there's some Git, there's a bunch of Composer, there's local development environments, all that stuff. If you're interested, check it out at drupaleasy.com slash D-C-O for Drupal Career Online. Um, Our monthly professional local development with DDEV workshop. Uh, Actually, just had one earlier today. The next one is July 16th. It's a two-hour hands-on online workshop designed to get you up and running with DDEV as quickly as possible. And to go along with that, uh, I wrote a book on uh, using uh, DDEV called Local Web Development with DDEV Explained, and that's available on Amazon. And There will be a link in the show notes. Ryan, are you going anywhere in the next few months? Uh, Perhaps Drupal Camp Asheville, which is in about a month, or Colorado, or maybe something closer to you, and very close to Jen in uh, Berkeley, California. That'd be Bad Camp.
1: Yeah, uh, it would be really good if I could make it to Bad Camp, also considering the place where I work is based out of San Francisco. So hopefully it should be easy to get down there, at least for part part of Bad Camp. Um, that would be really awesome. Um, if, if I can throw a quick plug in here, uh, I've been trying to help out with some issues and advocacy for the Open Dev Shop project. And one thing that makes me wonder is what would it look like to install a backdrop project from Open Dev Shop? It uses Drush and Agar in the background. So I imagine it's probably not super hard, but it might just be a matter of making sure that stuff works. Um, and then, also, the Open DevShop project recently put a little uh, like file inside the main project where you can say if you have an Open DevShop distribution somewhere, you can just sort of like put yourself in the, the list of projects there. So uh, we're trying to get more people to to say that they use it because we know that people are using it out there. Um, yeah, so that's that's something that I kind of do in my free time. Um, yeah, so hope, hopefully, I will be able to see people at Bad Camp, though. That'll be fun. All
2: right, and Jen, other than Bad Camp, any um, anywhere else that people expect to uh, see you in the
0: yeah, I'm going to be at Nashville, that's a science on Drupal land over there, and NASA also uses a lot of Drupal. And since I love NASA and I love Drupal, um, I'm looking forward to attending that event. Um, I've also heard a lot of really great things about it over the past few years, and it's been on my to visit list, and this is the first year I've gotten a chance to go. Um, I'll also be in Colorado. Uh, my husband lived in near Denver for uh, six years or so, so we've got family and friends in the area. So we're hoping to go visit um, uh, Colorado before Drupal Camp Colorado, uh, and then there's probably also uh, Drupal Camp LA, um, which I think is in, I think it's in August as well. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but that's also coming
2: in. I'll put it in the show notes. No worries. I'll find it and put that in the show notes. All right. So uh, where can people find you online, Jen? Where's the easiest place?
0: Um, I'm on Twitter at Jen Lampton. Um, it's probably the easiest.
2: Okay, and backdrop CMS yes. on Twitter as well. Yes. And Ryan, you are still at Liberator without the last vowel. That is true. And of course, Drupal Lee is Oh, I'm sorry. And, of course, Drupal Easy and uh, I am um, on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else um, um, as Ultimike. Jen, name something interesting you do outside of Drupal that you haven't mentioned yet.
0: So uh, I love playing board games. (laughs) Uh, When I was a kid, I was an only child and we never had enough, people to play the cool board games. And so as an adult, I feel like I'm making up for lost time. Um, it, my current favorite is a new game called uh, Terraforming Mars. I think it came out uh, two years ago, three years ago, maybe. Um, so that's what I'm currently focused on.
2: Scale of 1 to 10, how, well, maybe, maybe a scale is not the best measure of this, but how difficult of a game is that to learn?
0: Um, it's not very difficult to learn, but it does take about four hours if you're going to play the recommended rules. A couple of friends and I have come up with um, adaptations to the official rules to make it go a little faster.
2: Okay, that's an investment in time. What's your favorite movie?
0: Uh, the Princess Bride.
2: Oh, fantastic. And what are you currently streaming?
0: Does that mean audio or video?
2: Uh, you pick. We're flexible here. You can pick something off Netflix or podcast. Or...
0: My favorite podcast is Radio Lab. But they don't make enough of them. It's a little sad. I, I wish there was one every day. Um, so I'm also currently watching the second season of *Handmaid's Tale*, which is a uh, disturbing.
2: And then, what what non work related thing distracts you the most?
0: Cute animals. <laughs>
2: And then is there a, a, a project, a technology project that you are currently most excited about that you're not currently working on?
0: Yeah. So uh, in the land of backdrop, we have this ability to create layouts. And right now in core, we give you an option of like, there's 10 layouts. They all use the bootstrap for a grid system, but you're limited to those 10 um, in panels there was a, a option called the flexible layout where you could add your own rows and columns and build whatever you wanted um,
2: I hated that thing with a passion but go ahead
0: I also hated it in panels but we're reimagining that concept one of our um, one of our best biggest most active core contributors is working on a version of that for backdrop that uses the bootstrap for grid system and allows people to add rows and columns that match um, layouts for that. And uh, it is amazing. Every time I look at the progress that's going on in that issue, I get really excited. So this is something I haven't actually done any work on, but I get to review it all the time. So every time I look at it, I just get more excited. Um, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that.
2: So is it on the roadmap for...
0: Yes. Like, do you have
2: an expected date? Yeah,
0: the way that we handle things that are going to go in core is that every issue for the next milestone needs to have an advocate. And I was hoping that the person who was... Uh, writing the code was gonna decide to be the advocate for that issue, but he did not immediately volunteer. And so somebody else volunteered because they also really liked the issue. <laughs> so uh, I'm really uh-huh. excited that one's now on the list for Backdrop 1.4, which will come out in, in September. So hopefully will get Oh, done by wow, excited! Yeah, we're gonna try and get like a minimum viable product in and then we'll add more features in the future.
2: Fantastic. All right, did we cover everything? I feel pretty happy. Kind of question. Uh, sort of. I get all my questions answered. I was really interested in the uh like how is you know, the the, the positioning of backdrop with the impending and end of life. I think that's a really interesting yeah. opportunity.
0: I also think like um with my clients, most of them are happy with their Drupal 7 sites and they're you know, content to sit on them as they are for a while. But every now and then there will just be something that shows up like, oh, we're going to have this event. We need to build this new section of the site that handles registration. And at that moment is when you get to say, OK, we can build that on your 10 year old platform, or we could take this moment to invest into a new platform and build it there. Because if you're going to build on an old platform, at some point you're going to have to upgrade it or update it or what have you. And if we did that on the new platform, you might save a little in terms of doing that um, all at once rather than yeah. doing it twice. So for I don't, I don't know that there's any rush. I mean, I know everybody's really worried about the Drupal 7 end of life. But with all the great long-term support options out there, My Drop Wizard and whoever else steps up to do that, um, I think you'll be fine. So no panicking. <laughs> um, choose to maintain your site in a way that's responsible. And only when you get to that point where you have to make a decision about making a big investment in your website is when you need to worry about what you're going to do in terms of choosing a pat- platform for the future.
1: Well, And Mike, if I can throw in one more thing in here that um, Jen mentioned, that she still has Drupal 7 clients. At DrupalCon uh, this year, She had a really excellent talk in Seattle about if you're still on Drupal 7 and you used to have features, there's a really good chance that you're probably not keeping up with it uh, because it's really hard and really arduous. And she gave everyone sort of like a step-by-step of how they could turn off features, but still get a lot of the deploy things with code benefits. And uh, as somebody who maintains Drupal 7... Right now, I highly recommend you go check that out and we will throw a link up
2: there in the, the old show notes.
0: Yeah, it's how I do everything. It saves me sanity.
2: So I'm, I'm actually feeling a little bit guilty because we actually have um, we alternate sponsors every podcast. Um, so I am going to mention our and I hope the I hope my drop wizard doesn't mind me mentioning this, but we do have our other um, podcast sponsor is also a long term support. Uh, uh, service and that's DrupalAid.com so we gave my drop wizard a bunch of extra mentions today but I, I do also want to mention uh, DrupalAid.com um, long term support for Drupal 6, 7, and 8 so there's one of the other options that Jen was talking about there alright let's wrap this up I think we're going to just come in just under an hour once we edit this down a little bit so let me real quick mention WebEnable.com and DevPanel.com check them out and if you enjoyed this podcast, go to drupaleasy.com slash podcast or search for Drupal Easy on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, blah, 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 all the other podcast aggregator platforms. Jen Lampton, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for all of your, uh, what I can only imagine is super difficult work, um, uh, co founding and, and, and co, not, maybe not co, but, you know, contributing as much as you do to Backdrop. And Drupal, for that matter. Yeah.
0: Well, it's fun, right? So is it work or is it play? Yeah,
2: yeah I hope it's fun. <laughs> I hope it's fun. And Ryan, always good to talk to you. Good to be here.
1: And one of these days, maybe I'll put out the uh, couple of minutes of audio that I recorded during DrupalCon that we never really recorded a rap or two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, well. You know, find a few minutes here or there when you're not um, spraying paint on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, have a great rest of your day. And we will see everybody on the next episode of the Drupal Easy Podcast. Zip.